Welcome to Journey Within with myself, Nigel Paul Miller. Today I'm joined by Scott Bolin. Scott is a world-renowned martial arts and self-defense combatants expert, peak performance coach, mentor, speaker, author, and trainer who has worked with people from all walks of life, including law enforcement and even the US military. Scott's work has been featured in Black Belt Magazine, and in 2015, he was indicted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame, winning the award for Multidiscipline Black Belt of the Year. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Nigel. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's funny, like, because I've been doing kind of mindset and training myself for the last couple of years. And a lot of your philosophies, stuff that I learned from you, um, you know, in Mental Warfare Secrets, I think was the first program that I came across um, back in, I think it was 2014. And uh, then obviously, you know, I, I couldn't resist, you know, every, nearly every email campaign you were sending out, I was signing up. So, <laughs> you know, so obviously I've learned a lot, you know, of philosophies from you. I know you've obviously got a lot of your stuff from the art of war and from, you know, kind of uh, samurai kind of stuff and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's just, uh, for me, it's, it's a great honor to have you on the show today. Um, I actually was saying to you before we jumped on the call that a year ago I said to myself that I was going to interview you one day, um, and here we are. It's, it's manifested beautifully. So, uh, so I just want to say again, thank you so, so much for coming on today, and I'm looking forward to getting into some deep concepts with you and picking your brains uh, in relation to your mindset, your philosophies on life mm -hmm. and stuff like that as well. So, yeah. So, well, thank you, brother. Honor, honor to be here. It, it only took you a year. <laughs> well, better late than never. <laughs> there we go. It's never too cool. Okay, so I mean, I suppose kind of what I want to do today with you is I want to go back into, you know, your kind of early days in relation to kind of, you know, I suppose the transformation that you had and, um, you know, growing up in relation to the way that you obviously discovered martial arts and, you know, the way that you got trained in, in mental toughness and stuff like that. So can we kind of go back to the start uh, where you kind of began on this path um, of martial arts and of, you know, self-defense and, you know, kind of mental training and stuff like that. Can we go back to the start? Sure. Sure. Yeah, went way back to a very early age. For one thing, I was a reader and I was inspired by Bruce Lee, as I think every eight-year-old back in the, in the mid or late seventies was. And, and I walked, I lived in a poverty neighborhood or relatively poor, white trash. And I walked into a dojo that was in a carpet, um, a carpet warehouse. The guy was holding his uh, karate lessons there. Wow. And he, and that was Shido Ryu was my first art. And, and I, I hung around there and, and asked to be part of the class. Fortunately, I was tall, very tall kid, kind of lanky. So I was accepted into the class. The guy barely spoke English. And that was my start there. Something about the dojo, something about, just that the spirit of that resonated with me. There's something about, and it's not just physical fighting. There's a, there's a mental power. There's a spiritual power that goes along with that. So more, most certainly, as I, as I say, all of life is martial arts. And as Sun Tzu said, life is war. To me, war is an acronym for we are ready. And it's not about being paranoid. It's not about being violent. It's about having a calm mind and being focused and, and really using your intention. Uh, one of my biggest influences later in life was Dan Lee. He was uh, Bruce Lee's first Chinatown student. I studied with Dan at his home in Pasadena, a Wednesday night class, and he was a big influence on me. And so I just, I, all of my life, I've been into that in the mental side of martial arts as well. So not just the physical, but I studied the samurai, every book I could get my hands on, the samurai, the ninja, the hagakure, the art of war, 
the Book of Five Rings, Musashi, everything I get my hands on, as well as NLP and hypnosis. You know, NLP, neuro uh, linguistic programming, is something I've also been trained and certified in, and hypnosis. So I just, I've, to me, I've, I've just, it's been a natural attraction to that. And, and I've discovered so many amazing things and I'm, I'm still discovering, I'm still growing up. As you know, I put out new courses. I do a lot of research. I develop a lot of courses, do seminars around the world. It's just been my life's passion is empowering people, liberating people as, as uh, Bruce would say, you know, to your, to your liberation. And that's what it's about. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I mean, kind of in relation to, you know, nowadays with people, and I find there's a lot of kind of um, follower mentality these days, especially with social media, where people are following people and they're not really kind of, you know, stepping out of their comfort zone um, and facing their fears. What are your kind of uh, takes on that in relation to, you know, kind of the culture of nowadays compared to what it was back in the 80s? Because back in the 80s, people were a lot more kind of into kind of self-discipline, whereas the younger generation today aren't. Um, so what no, that's, that's, that's a great point. Back in the 80s, it was very popular to be strong and, and independent, right? And, and now it's more popular to be emotional, to be emo, you know, to be, to be uh, sensual rather than strong. And so my focus has always been on strength. And I think more, now more than ever, we need strength and, and the strength that comes through determination. I have a, I have a statement I see, be determined and advance, and the opposite is also true. If you're not determined, then you won't advance. So I, I really believe in, in strength. And I, I, I see what you're saying about the culture back in the 80s. I mean, Rambo was popular. It was popular to be successful. Now it's almost snickered at. And, and uh, masculinity is, is somewhat snickered at. And I think we need to be strong always, no matter what. The term ninja means enduring person. And they endured and survived under any regime change, under any social climate, our political climate and that's what we're going to do today and that's that's what i'm about is empowerment so so that's a great point you make and, and i agree our, our culture needs to get back to strength and not be such a, a video type of social media thing i mean i appreciate that that's there i use that but i don't let it use me and, and so I'm, I'm very careful to to have a good diet you know what i mean it, it, in terms of eating clean food and also using social media not not getting sucked into the vacuum of that Absolutely. Absolutely. And as well, like, okay, social media is one thing, but then you've got mainstream media, you know, which is essentially, you know, feeds off capturing people's attention with, you know, fear-based content or, you know, controversy or whatever. So you've got a lot of people who kind of allow that to dictate the way that they live their lives. Um, and I think personally in this day and age, more than ever, people need to take control of their own input, you know, what they put into their brain, what they feed their attention, what they feed their mind. Um, so what sort of advice would you give to someone who mightn't be really aware of, say, mental toughness or, you know, self-direction? What sort of advice would you say to them starting out in relation to, you know, gaining more control of their own psychology, gaining more control of their own worldview? Practice. Practice makes perfect, as they say. And the first thing to do is to start. Clean up your mental diet. So what we... We're, we humans are programmed by programming language, just like a computer, we're programmed by language. So we wanna make sure that our language is empowering. Look at how you speak to yourself about yourself and not just in terms of, of verbally, but also mentally in your thought field. You wanna keep your language strong and empowering. And one of the questions, the great questions asked is how can I, instead of why? In other, words, in other words, people look at circumstance and they go, why this, why that, why that? How about how, how can I? How can I become stronger? 
How can I figure this out? How can I prosper? And when we ask the question, our subconscious mind goes into transderivational search and looks for the answer. So let's ask the right question. How can I? And fill in, that, fill in that blank line with strength. How can I be stronger? How can I be mentally tougher? Well, I can practice. I can choose to not emotionally respond. As I say in Mental Warfare Secrets, your emotional response transfers control to your attacker. So don't respond emotionally. Start responding tactically. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, because I remember in one of your, I think it was Marshall Mastery, you talked about stimulus choice response. So you've got Pavlov's dog, essentially, where, you know, he rings the bell and the dog salivates. But people don't right. realize, you know, they, they have an emotion that comes up in their body or something triggers them. They react to something maybe that they disapprove of. And straight away, they jump on the emotion. Straight away, they jump into reaction. Um, and a lot of times they don't realize that there, there is a tiny split second in between before you make that choice to react. And you can choose to pause and then respond after you've had a second or two to actually think about your response. And I think that's something that people need to cultivate as well in this day and age. Yes. Yes. I often say pause before response. And what you were talking about, the SCR model, you know, for many years I would read Flex magazine. Joe Weider is a big influence on my philosophy and my career. Matter of fact, I highly recommend a movie. I highly recommend a movie about him called Bigger. Check it out. It's called Bigger. It's a, the Joe Weider life story. And I believe I got the SCR model from his articles in uh, Flex magazine. So you have stimulus and response. But, but for example, you take a firefly. There's stimulus and response. The firefly just goes to the fire, right? Or a dog will salivate. As where we have, in the middle of S and R, in the middle of stimulus and response, we have choice. We have control. We can choose how to respond. And, that, and that, that's a major thing because most people don't know that. The powers in dark places don't want you to know that, to know that you can choose how you feel. You can. You can choose how you feel. You are not your feelings. You, you are your decisions. And so you can decide, hey, I'm going to feel strong. Hey, what would be the most tactical response? What would be the strongest response to this? And then take that instead. And you can choose. You can literally choose your response. And I'm glad you brought up the SCR model. That's very important. Okay, so how would you explain then to someone how to actually do that? Say they see something, uh, you know, somebody says something that upsets them or makes them feel bad about themselves. And maybe it's a feeling that they've had for years. Maybe it's a feeling of unworthiness. Maybe they don't feel they deserve success in life. Maybe they don't feel they deserve to be loved because they've had people, you know, bully them maybe or, you know, treated them like crap or whatever. So they're used to this feeling of negativity in their body and they're used to responding to that feeling. How would you snap someone out of that pattern? And somebody who has always been called sensitive their whole life, maybe, or, you know, maybe they've just been ridiculed or whatever. How would you, how would you mentor them to, to take control of their mindset and kind of, you know, flip those impulses around and flip, flip those emotions around? How would you, how would you train someone to do that? Well, in my seminars, and you've probably seen, if you've gotten a lot of my videos, you may have seen me do this at a seminar where I will have people do the intention drill. And I'll have them literally pump an anchor and pump their fist. I mean, think about when you're at a rock concert. I don't know if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins seminar and he has people pumping their hand in the air. You can literally change your feelings by changing your physiology. So you'll notice when you're feeling down, when you're feeling sad, you, you tend to look down, you're breathing shallow. So what to do is do the opposite. I have people look at the ceiling and all of a sudden I'm smiling. You can't help but smile when you look up. And then I'll pump my arms, I'll, I'll, I'll pump my bicep and go, I rock, I am strong. And I, I will literally say this, pardon my French, but people say, how do you feel, Scott? And I say, fuck how I feel. I'm going to feel how I tell myself to feel. 
Okay? I'm, going to, I'm going to tell myself how to feel. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate to me. And anyone can make that decision. They can take that choice and they can literally say, you know what? Fuck how I feel. I'm going to feel great. I'm going to feel strong. I'm going to be strong right now. And in that moment of decision, you cut off and you choose how to feel. You tell yourself how to feel. The word abracadabra, right? Taking a rabbit out of a hat. That comes from the Aramaic term abracadabra, meaning I will create as I speak. So I literally tell myself how to feel out loud. I'll tell myself how to feel. And that's and then that's how I feel. And anyone can do that. They just take command. Take command. The, the, the formula is this, is command, control, and conquer. When you take command, when you speak to yourself, when you speak to your circumstances, you're taking command. And that's how you get control. And that's how you conquer. And you start by literally what you say and tell yourself how to feel. It's incredible though, isn't it? Like, because it seems so simple when you're explaining it, but it, it is a matter of consciousness. It's a matter of awareness. And the majority of people are never told that they have the ability to do that. You know, right. um, and you know, obviously you've explained it in a very, very concise, very simple manner, but most people don't realize they have that power. They have that ability to direct their thought flow. I call it thought mm -hmm. flow, your flow of thought. What is the quality mm -hmm. of your thought flow? Because the quality of your experiences are going to be defined by the quality of your thought flow. The thoughts that you're allowing to flow through your mind, the way that Correct. you realize things, the way that you, you know, you kind of break things down. And it's such a, it's crazy. It's so simple, but yet so many people miss that. But, but that's the power. When you think about Zen, it's simplicity. And Bruce Lee talked about that. He said, it's not a, a matter of adding. He said, it's a matter of peeling away the layers of the onion to get to simplicity. Simplicity is most effective. There's nothing like a straight blast. Instead of some complex ornamental flying spinning kick, I'll just do a headbutt, right? Mm -hmm. Just simple. Boom. Simplicity is power. We want to keep it simple. That's the acronym, keep it simple sweet or keep it simple stupid. We want simplicity. It doesn't have to be complex. It can be simple. And you can choose your thoughts. When, when you have a thought come in that is negative or disempowering, I say reverse it. I just reverse it and say, does this serve me? What serves me most? So a feeling comes, a thought comes, a negative thought, a fearful thought. And, and I'll ask myself, I'll say, does this serve me? And the answer, of course, is it doesn't serve me. And I say, what would serve me? go, oh, I'll, I'll think strong thoughts. Thoughts become things, and we can choose our thoughts. And we can reject, just like you would reject, say, for example, you hang up on a telemarketer. Someone calls you on the phone, right, and you hang up. You can hang up on a thought. Say, no, I reject that. You have the choice. You have the power. It's so, so true. It's so, so true. And um, Boom. <laughs> Absolutely. We just kicked ass. I just we just gave the answer for everyone out there. Like, <laughs> it, it all starts, you know, knowing is not enough. We must do. It starts with the doing. We must do. Yeah. And the more we do it, the better we get at it. Yeah. One hundred percent. And what about kind of um I want to hear your thoughts on energy work and meditation. How much of you know an impact has meditation had on your life? Meditation is very powerful and what I would call a, a, an essential life skill. And I'll do this with every coaching client I have. I will have them meditate for five minutes a day, Monday through Friday in the morning. So I'll, I'll say after you wake up, you know, you shake the cobwebs off. I want you to sit on your bed or you can sit on the carpet if you want. Breathe and just follow your breath. Notice I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. Just notice that. So I'll have them close their eyes and just notice their breathing and picture a color that is 
that is safe and comfortable, maybe blue, like, like blue sky, right? And then sure enough, thoughts will come about bills, thoughts about sex, thoughts about politics, all the thoughts that we get, a thousand thoughts a minute, they'll come. And I say, when the thought comes, I want you to just notice it. Don't fight it. Say you're thinking about your job and where, the things you have to do that day. Just let it float by like a bird flying by and go back to the breath. Am I breathing in or am I breathing out? And when a thought comes, don't, don't engage with it. Don't struggle with it. Just notice, oh, there, I'm thinking about that again. Let it go by, back to the breath. Well, without fail, every coaching client will tell me these two things. One, they'll do it for a minute, maybe three minutes, and they'll think they've gone an hour, right? And they have a, a sweat the first couple times. It's such, a, it's such a struggle for them to disengage from thought. But when they do it, they find they're very empowered and they're, they, they have much more clarity and focus throughout the day. Without exception, every coaching client has told me that that has made a powerful difference in their lives. Because what they're learning to do by, by that five-minute meditation is they're learning that they can, they can actually control their mind. Mind control, right? The term mind control. They can actually control their own mind and their own thoughts. And, and then they find that they have more clarity, more power, more peace. Uh, it's fantastic. So just that alone, five minutes in the morning, just that, five minutes a day, five days a week, not even on the weekends, right? And it, it makes such a powerful difference. I agree 100%. And what I find a lot of times is <clears throat> like people who are resistant to meditation, usually they've tried it. And, you know, people think a lot of times it's just about clearing your mind. And it is, that is a certain aspect to it. But there's also intentional meditations as well, where you focus on an affirmation or you focus on a feeling or you focus on something that you want to manifest. So there's a lot of different ways to obviously use it. Um, but I found the biggest excuse I've heard from people about meditation is they just say they don't have the time, you know, but at the end of the day, yeah. everybody has five minutes. I right. don't care who you yeah. are. I don't care if you're Donald Trump. Everybody has five minutes. So that's you know, right. People make the excuse, oh, I, I can't meditate, I don't have time. Well, to be honest, it's, it's bullshit. So uh, everybody right. listening to this, if you're not meditating for five minutes a day, you need to start doing it. Simple as that. That's right. You do, you, we all have 24 hours in a day. We, we're all born, no matter if you're a billionaire or you're broke, we have the same amount of time every day. And that, in that regards, we're all equal. And it's so easy to default to excuses and to default to, to patterns. I like to set my own patterns. So I, I literally take control. I take command. I take the time and make the time. We all can. So let's just do it. Nike one one. Just do it, right? <laughs> That's it. And that, you know, that obviously ties into kind of cultivating the habit of self-discipline. Um, and mm -hmm. that's something in this day and age, again, that a lot of people are lacking. You know, they let their attention be swayed by, you know, they wake up in the morning. First thing they do is they check their phone. They check their emails. They check their, their, their Facebook Messenger. So straight away, they're already in somebody else's agenda, you know, whether it's a marketing email from someone or whether, you know. And it's so, so important for people to take control of the first couple of hours of their day. And I'm sure you'll agree with this, Scott, because so many people you know, any successful person or, you know, high level CEOs will always talk about mastering the morning and mastering the first couple of hours of the day. Just when you're, you know, when you wake up and your mind is clear, you know, you're not, you're not getting invaded with the, with the tasks of the day or with other people's energies. And it's that right. morning where you need to take control of, you know, your mindset and cultivate your energy and your vibration for the day ahead. What would you say? Correct. To Correct. I say, yes, set your own pattern. So I set my own pattern. So in the morning, I'll shake off the cobwebs. I'll meditate for five minutes. And then what I usually do is have some empowerment. Like with my breakfast and coffee, I'll watch some video or listen to some audio, some empowerment. So the first thing I'm doing is empowering myself, whether it's education, self-help, inspiration, whatever it might be. 
and I, I call that even the college of shower. In the shower, I will listen to uh, to motivational or to educational. I call or even the college of car. If I have to drive somewhere, I'll listen in the car and just get that empowerment. So I start my day with strength. I love that. Absolutely love that. And and, and I, I think everyone should do that. Otherwise, you're starting on a reactionary pattern. The first thing you're diving into is a text or an email or the news which is the worst thing you could do, make that up, make that block time. So I'll scan the headlines maybe for five minutes a day. I never get sucked in just a brief scan. So I know what's going on, but I don't get stuck in. So it doesn't decide how I feel or how my day is going to be. I do. I make my own news, mm -hmm. right? I, I achieve and accomplish in the day what I want. I love that. I love that. So let's, that uh, rock? let's uh, <laughs> get some water here. Okay. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Jeff. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, so we've had a lot of information in relation to your philosophies and stuff like that. <clears throat> I want to go back again, back in time to when you started your martial arts, uh, when you started mentoring people in martial arts, when you started, when you opened up a school. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the kind of the resistance that you faced and, and the adversity that you faced, um, you know, going through that process? Well, it's interesting. At first, I started uh, teaching in my own front yard. And, and word of mouth grew. So eventually I, I rented a building and, and opened up an academy. And I, I found that, that more and more people were coming to me after the class about life problems. Should I marry my, my girlfriend? How do I buy a car? How do I start a business? And, and more and more. So after our classes, there was more of that going on than just the physical martial arts. So that's how that grew. That's how, how that developed. I, I found that, that people are looking for strength, they're looking for leadership, they're looking for empowerment. And, and so that's my job, is to empower people. It's to empower people. And, and when we think of the human being, we're physical, mental, and spiritual. So it's not just punches and kicks, it's not just the physical, we're also mastering our minds and our spirit. And so, so when I started, I actually didn't get a lot of resistance, a word of mouth spread pretty quick, because at my school, you would fight in the first night. I had one teacher tell me that if they come to you only once, give them something that they might keep forever to fall back on. So other than a few safety and a few techniques, you would fight at, at my school. Uh, it was a three-hour class. The first hour and a half was, was training, but then the second hour and a half was just sparring, and we'd free spar, and people loved it. It was like handing out hits of crack. People got addicted. They wanted to fight. They wanted to come back. <laughs> right? So, so uh, uh, you know, word spread very quickly, and my, my school filled up. So I had success there, but eventually – I found that I was I was speaking more and more. I, I'd speak for corporations and groups, and and I was speaking so much that I decided to sell the school and actually just do videos instead, so that I could teach people around the world. Because you can learn from video. You can learn an amazing amount. People, people for example, you and I are here right now. And if I said Nigel, make a fist, I'd do it this way. I'd be able to coach you right now through the video. So, so it can be done. And so I started selling my videos around the world because I wanted to reach more and more people where I would, I would train, for example, I do a half hour private lesson for 40 bucks. And when I realized I could film that and sell it over and over and over again while I slept right? and reach more people and help more people. So it was win-win. So that's how that kind of catapulted. That matter of fact, one New Year's Eve is when I did my first video. Two of my top students, I said, guys, you're not going to go out and party tonight. We're going to do a video on New Year's Eve. And that was my first video. And I did it in the, in the lobby of my dojo because it had a drop ceiling. The back was kind of a warehouse and it was echoey. So we actually ended up doing the video in the lobby, moving the couch. And that was my first video, Devastating Fighting, which was a huge seller. Wow. And what was that around back 2003, 2004, was it? 
Way back in the day, about then, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've done your homework pretty well. <laughs> I've done a bit. I've done a bit. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been with me, Nigel, and, and how um, did you hear about it? I came across Mental Warfare Secrets somewhere. I think I was just searching mental toughness, basically. Um, because back in, I don't know, 2010, I came across a guy called Steve Seabold. And he had a, he had a uh, course called 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class. So I kind of got into that and I got really, really, uh, you know, into the philosophies and all this type of stuff. So I think when I came across you, I think I literally just did a search for, you know, mental toughness training or something like that. Anyway, okay. uh, I came across Mental Warfare Secrets uh, 2.0 um, and I bought it. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy because like it's it's so funny because you know the way they have you have that saying uh, when the student is ready the teacher will appear right and it's kind of that's kind of the way i kind of uh, think about you know kind of your stuff that when it came into my life but the funny thing about it is is it's it's like i don't know what it is with wisdom but it's like we already have the wisdom within us and it's a teacher comes along and and, and reminds us of what we already know and that's what you right. did for me you reminded me of the strength that i had within me you reminded me of my determination my resolve my fortitude that i'd forgotten about you know and i think that is the the beauty of that wisdom and because it is transference of energy that's what it really is at the end of the day if we look at it at the most base level it is all energy so for me you know coming across you it's just it was just a resonation, man. It was just, it just resonated. I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, this is it. I was like, this is it. This is what I've been missing. Awesome. And like, you know, it's just, I suppose, it's just in the way that you kind of simplify everything. It's concise. It's actionable. And, you know, it's anyone can execute it. Anyone can do it. Um, it's just a matter of applying yourself and, and obviously investing your time um, in it, you know. Um, and for me, look, it's worked wonders. It's absolutely, it's worked wonders for me. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, it's powerful yeah. stuff. It's powerful stuff. So, I mean, how did you kind of come up with your concepts, you know, in relation to the way that you market? Because your marketing is obviously, you know, extremely um, effective. The way that you kind of use martial arts and kind of use that kind of mental warfare and the, and the inner warrior force. That's something that I saw on one of your sales pages a couple of years ago. You are talking about the inner warrior force. And yeah. which I just thought was absolutely beautiful. So can you kind of talk me through that? How did you come across kind of, you know, integrating those concepts into your marketing and into your brand? Well, first of all, studying the martial arts all of my life, I found that it, it gave me more confidence. It gave me more mental strength and clarity. And I realized that many of us can go through our entire lives without being physically attacked, but we're attacked every day by mental warfare, whether it's fake news uh, societal programming, on and on it goes, right? Media, uh, we're, we're attacked physically all the time. Manipulators, liars, um, man manipulative relatives, envious coworkers, you name it. Every day we're attacked mentally. So I decided that that, I saw, I should say, I, I noticed that that area of martial arts, the mental martial arts, was not being addressed. Not really. They give it a token nod, like be aware, grasshopper. But what does that mean? What does that mean, Right. So awareness is turning off the chatterbox of the mind. I mean, a busy mind will miss the red light. It will miss the warning. And it will also miss the green light. It will miss the opportunity. So we need to quiet our minds. And those were the things that the samurai and the ninja would talk about is things like mushin, like mind, no mind. So I have a mind here. I'm aware, but no mind is I'm mentally, I'm emotionally detached. So these concepts I felt were really they weren't being taught in the real world in an applicable way for today. 
you, you could read a, a samurai book but not fully understand. So I kind of brought that down to a street level, to a street fighter level, where you could use it in your daily life. And that's that's how that developed. And so so I began, you know, as you saw, Mental Warfare Secrets, which which is a huge hit. I, I've had more feedback on that than any other course. And most people found me that way. And they'll, I probably had a dozen people tell me I was sitting in a, in, a, in a karate school somewhere, flipping through a magazine. I saw your mental warfare secrets. It jumped out on me and boom. Uh, that, that, that resonation has happened so many times. And I'm glad. I'm glad that people are able to become empowered, become aware, and kind of awaken their inner warrior as a result of that. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I love that concept of motion, uh, mind, no mind, <clears throat> because uh, especially in this day and age, especially with the, you know, I know Tony Robbins says that people are, you know, they're drowning in information, but they're starving for wisdom, you know, and this right. day and age, you've got, you know, left, right and center, your technology, you've got people messaging, you've got the news, whatever. So to be able to detach from that chaos, to be able to detach from that flow of negativity um, and external right. kind of, uh, you know, manipulation, as you said, is such an asset to be able to do in this day and age. So, motion. Okay, so it's mind, no mind. But can you just mm -hmm. explain exactly what that means? Exactly, like how would you explain that in the most precise way? Okay, so mind is awareness. Mind is awareness. I'm aware of you right now. Okay, and let's say you were screaming at me and cussing me out, whatever it might be. Okay, so I'm I'm aware of that, but I'm but no mind means I'm not attached. So I'm not emotionally attached. And that emotional detachment is liberation because it gives me the freedom. Remember, we talked about the SCR model. It gives me the freedom to choose my response. The person who doesn't have motion, motion sorry, the person who doesn't have that, they respond emotionally like Pavlov's dog. They just automatically get upset or get titillated or get, get tempted, whatever it might be. See, I don't have that, and that gives me an enormous power. I often used to give the analogy, I'd say, if I walked onto a movie set, and let's say back in the day, Pamela Anderson was the hottie. Remember her from Baywatch? And let's say she's stark naked. And let's say I have a package and I come up and go, um, are you Miss Anderson? You have a package here for you. And I'm totally detached. I'm not, as any guy's eyes would be bulging out, we'd be panning and drooling. Instead, I'm totally detached. And what that does is that actually causes her to subconsciously go, why isn't he coming over here, right? Why, why isn't he magnetized? Why aren't his eyes bulging out? What's different about him? And so she'll actually, uh, this is all subconscious, will actually be attracted to me because she, she wants to answer that question, what's different about him? So, you, so the power that you have when you control your response or choose not to respond when you have that motion, in other words, I have mind, I'm aware, she's beautiful, she's naked, she's Pamela Anderson, but I'm also detached. That detachment gives me a power and a liberation and actually a, a magnetic attractor force, if that makes sense. Am I making sense with that analogy? You are 100%, my friend. Now, can you kind of explain then, you know, you're talking about detachment, okay? Which is essentially the ability to accept the situation as it is not, and not resist it, okay? And you're not resisting it. You're not pushing it away. You're not saying no. You're accepting it as it is while at the same time not emotionally responding to it. Okay, now what I wanna ask you is, there's a difference between detachment and suppression, okay? Because a lot of people walk okay. around suppressing their emotions, okay? They push them right. down and they, they become rigid and you know, stuck. And they're, they're mm -hmm. trying to be detached, but they're actually suppressed. So can you explain the energetic difference between those two states? 
Absolutely. So the, fir the first thing we want to do, of course, is we choose our state. So I choose detachment and it's actually fun. When you practice it, it, it it's fun. I would notice a difference that years ago, my, my friend George and I were standing in a room in, in school, in, uh, in high school, and this new girl came who was just new to the class, right? She had come late and she was new and she's pretty and all the guys were going over there. And I said, George, watch this. She's going to come to me. And so when she looked over at me, I just kind of smirked and looked down. Sure enough, that, that principle I just described, right? What's different about him? Why isn't he coming over like all the rest of the guys? So we choose through, through well, well it's, it's deliberation. I choose how I feel. So rather than repress how I feel, look, look, there are some things in life where you can't control your family. Let's say your dearest, say your mom died. You're going to cry. You're going to mourn. There's a period of mourning. Okay, where, where you, you're not Spock 24-7, you're human, right? Mm. However, those things in your life are very sporadic. They're, they're not often. Most of the time, 95% of the time, we can absolutely choose how to feel. And, and what, what I call uh, having a, a tactical mind and choosing. So the more we practice it, we don't want to suppress how we're feeling. However, if we find that we're feeling sad, we need to get through that process of mourning, and we need to change our state and choose a stronger, more empowering state. So we do things like I talked about, we have anchors. So I'll anchor in a feeling of power, right? Maybe it's a song, maybe it's a fist pump, maybe it's a movement that brings out that feeling in you. And, and then the more you do it, the more you practice it. As you know, even studying Tony Robbins, he'll tell you to, you know, to, to anchor and, and to get pumped up or maybe play your favorite song. You can choose how you feel. And the more you play with it, the more you have fun. See, when, when you're suppressing your feelings, the fact is you're actually attached to not feeling sad or you're attached to something. I mean, when you, when you go, I, I often use the dating analogy or the seduction analogy because it's really good and most people can relate. When you go to her door and you knock on the door and she opens the door, you don't go, love me, right? What is that going to do? That's going to push her away, right? So you have to be able to, and you can actually choose to be detached, be relaxed and, and do it through practice. So I don't, I, I say don't suppress your feelings, change your feelings. You can change how you feel. You have the power. You absolutely have the power to do it. And the more you practice it, the more you'll say, oh, I can do this. Oh, and I don't have to be afraid. I don't, I don't have to be sad. I can be strong. And the more you do it, the easier it gets as with anything, right? Absolutely, 100%. And <clears throat> that's the thing. Again, it comes back to cultivation. It comes back to practice. It becomes, or it comes back to creating it as a habit. Um, as you said, the right. more you do it, right. the better you get at it. The better you get at it, absolutely. the more you apply it, <clears throat> the more effective it becomes in situations mm -hmm. that are needed and absolutely you know but i suppose a lot of people have you know been so conditioned and so programmed you know with their own negative self-talk mm -hmm. that they're not even haven't even been aware of maybe and um, before you know it's it's becoming aware of how you talk to yourself in your mind the words that you use and you know we've got millions of thoughts you know every minute going through our mind subconsciously and it's, it's bringing the, the unconscious up to the conscious, you know, and, you know, revealing to yourself how you actually think about things, the level of vibration you're on when you think about certain maybe things that you're doing in your life, goals, aspirations, dreams, what sort of energy flow are you projecting towards those manifestations? And I think a lot of people don't, you know, they're not vibrationally aware um, of that, you know, and it's so, so important. Right. So much of our programming is subconscious. It's subconscious, you know? Right, right. Well, I have a rule, energy first, last, and always. So my question always is, how will this affect my energy? Whether it's a food I eat or a relationship with someone, is this, this person affecting my energy negatively? Energy first, last, and always. So that's 
always where I choose is to make sure that my energy is positive, that my vibration is strong. And we tend to remember energy flows where attention goes. So I'm going to put my attention on what I want and what I can control. And just as easy as I can control my hand right now and make a fist, well, I can control my mind in the same way. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, but let's talk about for a minute <clears throat> humility, okay? In relation to success. Humility. What, what is that? Humility, right? Now, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they, okay, so you've got some people who become successful maybe in some, some area of their life and it goes to their head. They become arrogant. They become, sure. they think they're superior. They treat other people like shit because they think they're better than them. Oh, yeah. Now, my, my thoughts on, on arrogance is that essentially they're making up for insecurities they had before they were successful, and now they're just venting it on other people because they used to feel inferior beforehand, okay? So what would you say about the importance of humility in relation to climbing higher in the world? And I know, I know you talk about um, you know, not being too humble and you know, climbing your inner power and that type of stuff and you know, don't submit and don't be submissive, but do you believe there's a certain level of you know, humility that's required as people climb the ladder towards their dreams? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, in my industry, of course, we've seen that these guru guys, they get a few black belts, they get a following, all of a sudden the gut comes out and the ego comes out, right? It seems to match the size of the gut and the size of the ego. So, so what I'd say is we're all human. It's like Bruce Lee says, I mean, sure, you have to believe in yourself. And obviously when you look at Bruce in his interviews, he's confident, maybe a little bit cocky, but not arrogant. Uh, in other words, believe in yourself, but have confidence in yourself, but at the same time, be human because I'm a human being. And, and, you know, I've had people come up and ask for my autograph or people come up to me in an airport and, and they recognize me. I'm like, huh, what? <laughs> it's just, it's just, we're all, you know, the, but then you take someone like Tony Robbins, he's well more popular than I am. Right. But what, we are all human at the end of the day, we're all human. So, so I've been very careful to not, get that I call it the ego guru syndrome and and I've seen that I've had that happen even with guys who trained me in the past and I would I would eventually exceed them and I, I want my students to out succeed me that's the goal of the teacher is to have your student outgrow you ultimately so so I'm I'm cheering them on I, I don't get jealous I don't get competitive I'm only competing with myself I'm only competing with myself I'm not competing with anyone else and so that's another thing when, when I see success of others it just lets me know that success is possible. So I'm not jealous of say, look, Tony Robbins, right? Billionaire, I suppose, right? He's succeeding. I go, well, good. That's a good thing. That means if he can do it, so can I, and so can someone else. So I really, I really get inspired. Um, humility isn't something that I've ever thought much about yet. We don't want to be submissive. We, we don't want to uh, in any way um, uh, depreciate ourselves, but nor do we want to to over-exaggerate or get this sense of, of self-importance. You know, at the end of the day, we're all important to our loved ones. We're all important to those that, that care about us. And that's enough. As whether I make a million dollars or a hundred dollars, it doesn't matter. We're all the same people. And money really just makes you more of who you are. Mm -hmm. Same thing with fame. And, and I've been around that, of course, you know, growing up in Hollywood. So I'd be shopping at a grocery store and there would be superstars. There would be the, the guy from Kiss or a movie actor. And I wouldn't come up and go, oh, I wouldn't say anything. And I would actually make them more comfortable. They make me a nod and a smile like you would to a stranger at the grocery store, right? You pass someone in the aisle, you, you nod and smile. That's it. So, so fame and stuff like that never really affected me because I grew up around it. So I never really was moved by that.
I think at the end of the day, we're all human, man, and we can all learn from each other. I'm sure there are things that I can teach you. I'm sure there are things you know about that you could teach me in your field, right? So that's just how it is. We all, we're all human, and we can all learn from each other. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, it doesn't matter how much you learn, how much you know, how successful you become. At the end of the day, you know, you can learn from a, a, a five-year-old child. You can learn about compassion. Right. You can learn about patience. You can learn, you know, I mean, when you open yourself up to that awareness, um, you know, in relation to stuff like that, it's just, it's so, it can be so, so powerful. And it, you know that they have the saying about the, the empty cup. You know, if your cup was full, right. you're not going to be able to, you know, take in the information because if you think you know everything, well, then you're never going to learn anything else. And you're going to live. Right, right. You know, yes, you're more powerful when you can learn from a five-year-old. You're more powerful because you're open to information. You're open to the opportunity of learning as where when you have that big ego and think, you know, it all, then you're closed off Then you're closed off and you're going to miss something. Yeah, completely, completely. So let me think. <laughs> okay. So a question I've asked people in the past is what three, what three states would you wish for the world to be able to experience if you could? If you could wave a, wave a magic wand, what three states would you? <laughs> I always say power, purpose, and prosperity. Without all, you have none because you need power. You, you need power and you should be a powerful person. It's like Tony Robbins, personal power, right? What a great name. For, for a course, but that's what we need. We, we have that power if we become aware of it and develop it. We, we have it within us. Power and purpose and prosperity. Purpose, what is your purpose? What is your mission? What is your intention? And then prosperity, of course, I want everyone to prosper. And my friend Marshall Silver, he says, we should all be millionaires, we should all be rich. It's very powerful when you think of that. All of us, all of us, absolutely. We live in an abundant world, we should be powerful, we should have purpose, and we should have prosperity. And those are the three things I wish on anyone, and I often sign my emails like that, to, to remind, to anchor in power, purpose, and prosperity. Wow, I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and if you take away one, if you take away one, you won't have the others, because you won't prosper for long if you're not powerful, or if you don't have purpose. And if you don't have power, you're not gonna have purpose or prosperity. So those three, they go together. Wow. The three Ps. The three Ps. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, wow. And what would you say to someone maybe who is still kind of searching for their purpose? They have something within them, you know, they want to do something good in the world, but they're not quite sure what it is. How would you, what would you, advice would you give to someone who was kind of on that journey of self-discovery? Um, find what you love. What, what do you love? What is important to you? And, and, and search for what is important. Get, get quiet. Get in a room. Get quiet. Quiet your mind, meditate. I often say just take a blank piece of paper and a pen and, and just write out what is most important to you because sometimes we search within ourselves. We go within and we'll discover, hmm, hmm, this is important to me, whatever it might be. And then you'll find your passion. You'll find your passion. Take the musician Prince. Uh, you remember Prince. He was, he was self-taught. He came from poverty. He taught himself how to play every instrument, how to write, how to produce. He found something that was important to him that he used as a vessel for transformation. I use the martial arts, physical and mental, for my transformation. Find something that's important to you and use that as your transformation on your journey. And I, I recommend the martial arts. I wish martial arts were, were taught in every school. I think Chuck Norris wanted to actually get that going at one time. I think it was called the kick program or something like that, where, where martial arts would be taught like math or science or, or English, right? 
And so the martial arts gives a person the ability to learn self-control, the ability to learn self-discipline, the ability to learn focus. I highly recommend the martial arts for all those reasons, not just because I'm a martial artist, because I've seen it. I've seen it transform people. And, and you can take that strength and that self-control and that self-mastery and apply it to any area of life. So, so true. Hope that helped, brother. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so, so true. Martial arts is so, so important. I mean, imagine the difference, especially like, you know, with the, with the pandemic happening or whatever. Can you imagine the difference if everyone had been educated in martial arts in school when they were younger? The way the governments would have handled it, the way people would have handled it, you know, would have been so much more resourceful and so much better, you know, because of all the fear and all the, you know, stuff going on in relation to the media pushing, you know, the fear and, and capitalizing on that. And if people had that right. awareness of their inner warrior force, as, as you, you talk mm -hmm. about, you know, people would be a lot less reactive. They'd be a lot less afraid. They'd be a lot less able to be steered by mainstream media in relation to how they think about the world. Well, absolutely. A, a passive or, or sensual populace is much easier to control. When you look back to the original Communist Manifesto and they wanted to break down the family, they wanted to get the youth interested in sexy books. The Internet didn't exist at that time, right? Television and movies didn't exist. But, but even back then, they were thinking about centralizing people because it weakens them. It weakens them and then makes them much more easier, easier to manipulate and control. So I prefer strength. I choose strength. I teach strength all day long. That's, that's what I do. And so I encourage everyone to, to, to seek strength, not centralization, not, not what's popular. It's okay. A little entertainment is okay and is actually healthy. But what happens is when we become peer dependent, status conscious, media consuming consumers, then, then we, we forfeit our strength. And so I'm, I'm very, my, my response is strength right away to the whole thing. And none of this really changed us much because we've always primarily worked from home. I have a small office, but most of the time I work from home. If I'm not doing my seminars, we did have to cancel a few seminars, obviously, because of the shutdown. But other than that, it's been business as usual. I'm going to focus on, on what I want and, and focus on power and strength. I think if we all focus on that, what would be, what would be the strongest thing I could do right now? And the answer to that question that's that's beautiful right there wow i love that what a Are question you tripping on that? <laughs> <laughs> what a question mando what's the strongest thing i could do right now what's the strongest thought i could think right now you know right what, you know what's the strongest intention i could create right now so it's like asking yourself these questions and you know tony robbins says the quality of our lives are determined by the quality of our questions and that's very good you know it's people don't again you know, they need to become conscious of that. What questions are they asking themselves? As you were saying at the start, most people say, why? Why me? Why is this happening again? Why? Da, 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 da. They don't ask how. How can I make things better? How can I improve things? How can right. I change my habitual ways of thinking in order to progress out of this, you know, pattern of bullshit that I've manifested five times in my life? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. How, how can I? And then, and then just do it. Just go. Take action. Ask the question and take the action. Without, without action, I, I talk about faith. Faith, not a religious faith, but faith is acting on a belief. So in other words, if you're dying in the desert of thirst and I come up to you and I say, Nigel, do you believe this water will save you from dying of thirst? You can say, yes, Scott, I do. And you could sit there and not drink the water and still die of thirst. It's taking the action, acting upon the belief, drinking the water. So taking the action, that is faith, taking action on your beliefs. Summon up the belief. 
declare the belief and then take action on it and, and incredible things can happen. I agree with that 100%. And one thing, it's actually funny that you brought that up because um, in relation to personal development, recently, kind of the last while, a lot of people seem to be talking about blocks, right? They've got money blocks or they've got, you know, relationship blocks or whatever. They've got these blocks. I say to people a lot of, a lot of times that personal development, the personal development industry has come up with a lot of these concepts in order to market to people Okay, so that they keep coming back for more. Okay, so they'll say, oh, you've got these blocks that you need to clear. You've got, you know, they create these kind of concepts and then people think they have this problem. So it's like a concept's created. The person is told, oh, you have this problem. And then the person believes that they've got the problem and then they keep experiencing the problem over and over again. My hmm. question is, if they hadn't been introduced to that concept at all, they wouldn't be conscious of having money blocks. What do you think about, you know, the way the personal development industry and marketing kind of go together in that sense, whereby it's nearly like they kind of convince people that they've got a problem that they didn't have before, and then they sell them the solution to that problem? Huh. Well, I, 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 that makes sense. What you're describing makes sense, and I can see why they would do that. I've found that, that there's, look, we talk about Tony Robbins, right, as an example, almost the McDonald's of self-help, right? Very common, mainstream, as well, I'm a bit more edgy, right? I'm a bit more kick him in the balls kind of guy, right? So, so you have different, it's almost like music. There's an unlimited number of uh, different styles of music, different artists. I find it whatever resonates with you. If something resonates with you and it empowers you, that's cool. If something disempowers you, that's not cool. That's not good. So, so I tend to focus again. I mean, there's so much out there, right? There, there's, there's, I, I think there's room for everybody. I think everybody's got something to offer. Are, sure. Are there, are there cons out there and quacks out there? Absolutely. Of course there are. Ultimately you have to trust your instinct, trust your intuition. I always say my intuition has never failed me, but I have failed it. Right? So, so trust your gut, quiet, quiet your mind and trust your gut. And when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Right. So that's that's what I would say about that. I, I don't know in terms of um, th there are people who do have some blocks, obviously power through. You know, at our seminars, we teach people how to break boards, how to break concrete, how to bend steel bars. If you can do that, what can't you do? Right. So if something's really holding you back, I say crush it, destroy it, blast through it, kick it in the balls. That's my answer to a block. <laughs> that's a Scott Paul answer. That's the Scott Paul answer. I love it. Fantastic, fantastic. So yeah, so tell us uh, where can people find out more about you? Well, my website is scottbolan.com, B-O-L-A-N, scottbolan.com, and I have a free report. If people opt in, they'll get uh, five steps to unstoppable confidence. It's about 20 pages. It's an easy read. It's very empowering. And then I send my email newsletter, which has empowerment. It also has sales. I, I sell my products and courses, which are all empowerment. They're all empowerment. And, and so I love, I love empowering people. That's my mission in life. So yeah, they can find me on the website or of course on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the official Scott Boland, T-H-E. And I can be found there as well. Excellent, excellent. And I'll, I'll actually post some links uh, to those uh, pages as well, to your Facebook page you. um, and website as well in the description. Okay, so uh, we're just gonna wrap it up now, but one question, one last question I wanted to ask you was, what advice would you give to your younger self starting out? Is there any advice that you'd give to yourself, maybe back in your late teens, um, early 20s, 
what advice would you give them based on what you know now? Well, I think one of the most powerful things I've ever heard is what Bruce Lee said. He said, self-consciousness is the greatest hindrance to mankind. We get self-conscious, we get afraid, we get nervous, we worry. So I would probably say to my younger self, relax, everything's gonna be awesome. Stop worrying so much, right? Stop, because when we're young, we're, we're young, we're seeking, we're searching, we're self-conscious, we're nervous. And I would say, just let that go and just freely flow. And I, I think that statement, I, I discovered that when I was about 24, I believe. Self-consciousness is the greatest hindrance to mankind. And, and that would be the one I'd want to tell my 14-year-old self, my 15-year-old self, just relax and, and enjoy because it's going to happen. What you want is going to happen. We don't worry about it, right? It's like, like knocking on the door. She opens the door. You don't say, kiss me. No, you just relax and let it happen. That's the law of allowing, the law of attraction, right? So I, I would say don't try so hard. Everything's going to work out great. And I would tell that to everyone. Work on yourself. Empower yourself, but, but also have fun with it. Don't be, because like you said, it's suppressing those feelings. I don't, just have fun with it. Let go, like they say, let go and let God. Now you, you have to do your part though. You can't just sit around waiting for it to happen. Take action, believe in yourself and take action on your beliefs. And that's how you get what you want. What a beautiful, beautiful answer, my friend. Absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, well, I just want to say, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Um, I hope my listeners were taking notes, and if they weren't taking notes, they need to go back to the start again and, start <laughs> and listen through again and take some notes because uh, the information you've shared today, my friend, has been world class. So, uh, awesome. yeah, just want to say thank you again so much for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, guys, make sure to check Scott out. Um, absolutely incredible. He has changed my life. Um, no word of a lie. And, uh, yeah. I'd love to have you on again someday, my friend. Absolutely. We'll do it. We'll do it for sure, Nigel. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this episode of Journey Within. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.